Hey friends, it's Fred Greenhalgh, producer here at Realm. A new episode of Ominous Thrill is ready for your ears. It's Advice After Dark. Late night radio host Belladonna delivers extreme advice to the delighted horror of her audience until a creepy listener forces her to confront the brutal consequences of her show. Here's a preview. Welcome to my live stream, Bella. Say hello to everyone. What do you want? Click the link. Watch along. I'm not clicking links from psychos. You put that trash on the radio every night and I'm the psycho. You sound like you need help. I'm not one of your fake callers. My show is very, very real. Do you want to know what it's called? No, I don't. It's called Belladonna Gets What's Coming. Starring you. What? It's really starring me, but it's all about you. And you'd be surprised how many people want to watch you get what's coming. I called the police. They'll be here any minute. Yeah, well, we should be done before they get here. Find Ominous Thrill out now, everywhere you listen. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey guys, I'd like to introduce JJ. You might know him as the skeptic-ish, although sometimes not very skeptic-ish on the Real Hauntings podcast. He's also the one that loves to drop our email at realhauntingspodcast.gmail.com. Give it up for him on this episode of Real or Creepy Pasta. (laughs) And, And I'd like to introduce the one... The only, the beautiful, the smart, the funny, Kat Clark. You may know her from Real Hauntings Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you may have seen her on TikTok. You may you may just see her out out and about in the wild. Cat in the wild, hunting her prey, uh, being a cool cat. Clearly, her strength, unlike mine, is in introducing other people. I was like, is this gonna stop? <laughs> I haven't done a TikTok for us in a while, so that credit goes to Noah. Ooh. Well, that's right, guys. So we're here for another episode of Real or Creepy. We've got the two best guests we can possibly have, Kat and, <gasps> and JJ. And did you hear who that was? That was the ultimate, the boss daddy, the big daddy, the ghost daddy. Noah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, let's jump into our first story. Let's see if you guys can pick up on the theme of these two stories. My nurse was a ghost. In 2020, at the beginning of COVID, I had just given birth. At this time, I could only have one other person in the room with me for my entire stay at the hospital. Of course, my kid's father was there, but like the third day, he left to clean up our house and got everything prepared for me and the baby to come home. I had gotten sick and had a C-section, so I had to stay there for about four to five days. Well, while he was away, a nurse named Kelly said she would be helping me throughout the day and spending time with me so I don't feel lonely while dad is gone. I couldn't really hold my baby due to me being sick and the pain from the C-section, so my nurses would come in every time it was time to feed, and I noticed when they came in, they wouldn't acknowledge Kelly, and she would go to the farthest part of the room, and she would tell me, I'm just going to go get out of the way. She did tell me she didn't specialize in what they did. She was just there for comfort. So I didn't question anything. 
The entire day, she was so helpful, encouraging to me. I really believe I would have broken down if she hadn't been there with me. She was such a sweetheart. Well, after five or six hours, she told me she had to leave and that she would come visit me before her shift was over to see how I was doing. She hugged me and blew a kiss at my baby and walked out of the room. Later that night, dad came back and he was very upset. He told me some stuff happened with his mom and that he was sorry he took so long. I was upset, but I told him a nurse named Kelly kept me company. As I was telling him about her, my nurse is changing my sheets and said, who is Kelly? I explained, and she said that nobody named Kelly was in my room or working that day. So I initially thought about those women who would pretend to be a nurses and kidnap children. But my nurse told me that I may be hallucinating, and she told my doctor. I talked to my doctor, and he said the same thing. Well, a couple of hours later, a nurse that I didn't recognize came into my room and said, I know this might sound crazy, but everyone on the floor is talking about you have seen Kelly. I said, yes, she was here with me for like seven hours today, and she helped me out a lot. We were smiling and laughing while I was telling her about Kelly and how sweet and funny she was. Then she pulled up her phone and showed me a picture of her and Kelly that looked like it was maybe from the early 2000s. I was smiling knowing that I wasn't hallucinating. Then she sat down and told me Kelly died over 10 years ago from domestic violence with her boyfriend. I wasn't too shocked because my entire life I've been dealing with paranormal, but I got chills because I never had an encounter this deep. Well, the lady gave me a hug and started crying, saying, now I know she is okay. Since that day, I've been wondering, why did Kelly come to me in my room and help me? I kind of wish I could see her again. Whew, that one kind of gives me chills a little bit. So Kat, you work or have had experience, you know, in hospitals working with people who are kind of prone and helping them. And, and you've had some paranormal stuff happen in that environment. How does this story kind of compare to things you've heard from other people? And do you kind of feel like this has the tone of a real story? Yeah, it does have the tone of a real story. I want to talk to this person and Get them on the podcast. Sounds right. fascinating. Yeah. My first instinct was like, oh, maybe it was a student. Like usually they'll stand at the side of the room to observe depending on where they are in their rotations. Um, but then as the story progressed, I was like, okay, this could be real. I think the thing that did it for me was that made me think maybe it was creepy pasta is that all the other nurses were like, oh, we don't know who Kelly is. We don't know what you're talking about. We don't have a nurse named Kelly. You would think by that point they would n have known about a nurse named Kelly if they've been working there, I guess, for 10 years, because that the other nurse that comes in had been working that long to know Kelly when she was a nurse. I don't know. You would have thought that maybe we had gotten around depending, but they could be new nurses. Maybe they're not from that floor usually anyways. Um, the other thing is that, of course, the nurse at the end had a picture to validate the story. And I'm kind of like, this would sound real, but I feel like typically stuff like this, they appear and there's not proof that quickly. I don't know. That part made me feel a little fishy. I did. I have had clients tell me that like they had premonitions or like visions of people in the room, like while their parent was passing away or something like that. Um, so I definitely believe that that stuff's real. So this is a hard one for me. I don't know, but I'm still, my gut's kind of saying creepypasta. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I want to believe this one is real, so I'm just going to go with real haunting just because, I don't know, it just, um, it was just so sweet. And then yeah. it had kind of that, that mix of all the things you look for in a story. 
I do kind of agree. It was it was a little buttoned up for a real story, but I don't know. That one's really tricky for me. JJ, how do you feel about this one? I feel dead inside because as y'all are talking about how sweet this is, I'm like, man, this story was fucking cheesy. It's too, oh my too cheesy to be real. So I'm in the creepy pasta game. You know, we've had people share stories with us about ghosts that were kind of warm, comforting presences. Where this story is really different is like, it's very, very vivid to the point where this ghost was like talking to her and also like kind of keeping at her cover being, oh, I'm a nurse with like this kind of specialty. So that's why I'm not actually doing anything but just standing here to give you comfort and company i don't know i'm i'm just like it seems too vivid to be a real haunting you know obviously we've interviewed a lot of people who have shared their stories with us i would put it maybe under two to five percent that have had you know uh, things happen that vividly and Mm -hmm. with confirmation that's strong so that that's a good point fun story but um i i could see that one going either way but i I think you guys made some great points this episode of the real hauntings real ghost stories podcast is brought to you by wild grain hey everyone it's noah daniels and i'm here to talk to you again about wild grain our last shipment of wild grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner and i'm not gonna lie i'm right there with him And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com slash hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash hauntings. That's wildgrain.com slash hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So let's jump into our second story, Devil in the ICU. Oh. I know the theme. Yeah. Is the theme (laughs) supernatural? My mom Uh used to (laughs) my mom used to work night shifts at the hospital before she retired. Years ago, she had a terrifying experience that she recently told me. During one of her shifts, she had an elderly patient that was in the ICU who was getting ready to pass. 
Oftentimes, my mom would sit and visit with her patients during her downtime. The woman was crying, so my mom held her hand and asked what was wrong. While still crying, the woman said that he was here for her. She said that he was evil when he was alive, and he's still just as evil now. Confused, my mom asked if the lady was talking about her husband. The woman told my mother her dead husband made her life a living hell and now on her deathbed had been in her room for days tormenting her. He told her he was here to take her. She said he had been standing in the corner of the room since she was admitted into the ICU. My mother offered to pray with the woman, which she accepted. The woman eventually passed, but told my mother before she went that she no longer saw her husband and she was able to go in peace. Real similarities, obviously. You got the hospital, uh, medical environment. I thought being in the corner was also kind of an interesting happenstance of comparison. JJ, what'd you think about this one? Now, we've definitely have heard stories mm -hmm. before in, about people being hospices or hospitals where people have passed and shared things before they pass. Did this one have an emotional effect on you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. This one feels more real to me. And I, I think that's, wh whether that's something supernatural that happened or not, I think that's pretty common that, you know, people might see loved ones or or have certain visions when you know, their their bodies are getting ready for death. I think maybe it has more to do with like our brain chemistry in, in our, you know, final moments. Um, but either way, it's it's really touching. And I love hearing about, you know, people's near death or like final moments, like what kind of experiences people have, because, you know, some of them are really profound and just, oh man, I had when our time all does eventually come, I just think, you know, that's the best we can really hope for is that like those last moments is, you know, something special and, and meaningful. So, yeah. yeah, something to share in that last moment. So Kat, this one had a little bit of a twist that I feel like we haven't heard in these passing stories where it had the presence of somebody who had obviously hurt this person in the past, who was her husband. And now he was, you know, allegedly present in front of her. I feel like most of the time when we hear these stories, it's somebody's getting a message or a vision, or they see so-and-so who's positive in the room. What'd you kind of think about that take on the story? Like, how, how did that affect you? Because that kind of had an emotional, almost put a little fear in me hearing that side of the story. Yeah, it definitely made me think of all of the people we've had on that have told us kind of what they say when they feel like there's a trickster or evil spirit or demon or something like that they'll say a mantra before they do any type of spirit work or they'll like say it in the morning and night it can be called prayer some people pray um you know I think that that's I would hate you know I hate that that happened to that woman having someone in now well having you know her ex-husband right or a deceased husband a deceased husband who was like in there clearly he was a negative spirit for her in that moment so I'm glad that she was able to found, find peace it does make me feel like this is a more real story just because of that emotional piece but you know to and to JJ's credit about like your brain chemistry right before death however to counter that yes I believe you know there's different neurotransmitters and all these things that can be released right before you die or as you die so that your body is kind of like having its last bit of comfort and, you know, peace while it's ceasing to exist. 
But before that, if this woman was suffering from dementia or anything like that, you know, a lot of times I would see not just cognitive decline or like body decline, all that stuff comes with it, but they almost age in reverse in those last few days, uh, sometimes weeks and months, especially if they've had like long existing and uh, Alzheimer's or dementia, whatever it may be. Um, but I saw this a lot with my grandma, how like, you know, every time I'd go in there, she'd be talk. She couldn't remember my name. She couldn't remember anything in the past 10 years or past 50 years, but she could remember these tiny details from her childhood because her, whether it's the gray matter or the white matter, something's happening. That's we're taking like going all the way back to when they were young and in, and in that context, if what we've been saying throughout this podcast, children don't have the filters that adults do, then yeah, I definitely think that they're seeing people or spirits that are in there that maybe they recognize, even if it is like a husband or something like that. I think the fact that they're able to see those people because that filter's not there. That's kind of where my brain went with that. Wow. That's a great thought. I had never considered that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So it sounds like we're all kind of on the same page that we all feel like this was real and potentially a real haunting, uh, depending on, you know, things that we can't really judge, obviously. Well, guys, we did it. We finished episode two of our series of four. Do you guys have anything that you want to share with the audience before we end this episode? Any updates from the Cat and JJ world or? Well, I'd like to promote my one man show. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Who's your daddy we do have a big announcement we got a watermelon tonight and we're gonna cut into it it is the best fruit of the summer and we can't wait with that that's another episode of real or creepy Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.